This interview is sponsored by Rippling, the all-in-one HR platform. To get a demo, go to rippling.com slash Mixergy. Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses. Joining me is like a major freaking celebrity. No. Yeah, man. No, man. I'm just a worker, man. I, I'm, I just, I just, I like to execute. That's it. <laughs> That's what I'm seeing. You know what? I had no freaking idea that Raycon, this earbuds company, that I see on YouTube all the time, that it was created by you. All I see is ads for these little earbuds, smaller than AirPods in many ways, about what, half the price of AirPods, right? Yeah, yeah. Multiple colors. And then, so you guys do the ads and I think, oh yeah, sure. And then I see a team of like YouTubers out there who are skeptical trying to figure out, is this any good? And they all walk away saying, you know what? It really is good and it's half the price and wow. And then- I found out that I could have the founder of Raycon, the company that makes these earbuds here on Mixergy. And then I hear it's Ray J, the guy who I somehow knew as a celebrity for, for years and years. Anyway, so I'm excited to have you on here and sitting next to you is, it's a little bit awkward, Ray Lee, the co-founder of the company. Is it weird that I'm just talking to Ray J the whole time and not to you? Oh, it's totally, you know, we're a tag team. So it's always teamwork here. Yeah, we're both Ray, so it's all good. Well, thank you both for doing this interview. I wanted to find out uh, not so much about the celebrity stuff, though I did find out apparently you dated Kim Kardashian. You're the younger brother of an artist who I love. Brandy is your older sister? Yep, yep. What's up, Brandy? Snoop Dogg, cousin, reality TV show, musician, sexy, can I, I can hit it, what I need, all this stuff I was listening to all day today in preparation. But what I want to find out about is, is this electronics business of yours. How much revenue are you producing with this, Ray J? Well, we started out where we're, we're a three-year company. Our first year, we started out, we did $7 million in sales. The second year, we did $36 million in sales. And then the third year, which was just last year, we did around $73 million. So we're growing right now. And, um, you know, we got big plans for 2021. Ray Lee is my CEO. He's also a founder. We've been working 24 hours a day, man, just trying to push this thing out and make sure everything is good. This is not your first electronics company from what I understand. The first one was Raytronics Corp. Am I right? Yes. How did you get into electronics? Well, I started out being just an independent artist. So I ran my own music label and I came up with a few templates on how to sell my own records. And I ended up, I ended up doing 500,000 units sold on an album called Radiation. Uh, we came up with a hit called One Wish. And I started to kind of find out how to market and how to build. Uh, over the years, you know, we did multiple TV shows. We dropped multiple albums. I felt like it was time for me to advance into something more so in the digital space. And so I started to, to, to try bikes, smartwatches. Um, I went through a bunch of different products and items. And when Ray and I started Raycon, we, we really felt like the earbuds was booming. And this was two and a half years ago. And um, I think we shifted all of our focus to, to the earbuds. And that's when everything started to happen for us with Raycon. And we've been scaling ever since. Ray, Ray Lee, I went onto your LinkedIn profile to get a sense of your background. Where's the electronics part of your background? What were you doing before? Electronics and e-commerce have actually always been a part of my life. Um, I've always just been um, into entrepreneurial things. Uh, so straight after school, jumped into uh, that world and that intersection. And that's always where I kind of thrived. Um, one of Ray's close friends, his name is Truth. As soon as we met, uh, we just immediately started chatting about what was missing in the electronics industry. Um, and I think we realized that consumer electronics was a dinosaur industry. Even like 
my experience in seeing how consumer electronics worked um, in the past. There's just, you know, everybody was, they moved really uh, slowly. Prices were just too high. There wasn't that much um, innovation in terms of like the business model um, and really looking out for the customer. I've always kind of felt that when I was always working. Um, Where were you working? So I, I looked you up, you're Stanford University grad, right? Or um, Yeah, so I was actually a Dartmouth College grad. I spent some time at Stanford um, with entrepreneurship. Got it for a year there. Oh, you went to Stuyvesant High School. So you started out smart even back in high school. But then I'm looking at what you were doing before. Skytown, is that where you got your electronic experience? Yeah, so Skytown was a marketplace for consumer electronics. Uh Uh, So we sold a variety of electronics. We had uh, hundreds and hundreds of SKUs. So I was able to scale that to to a million dollars in the first year. And I, I think also another aspect is my family was also just in the consumer electronics industry. So, you know, my father, my uncle had some cousins in the electronics industry. So I've actually been around CES, uh, the Consumer Electronics Fair um, in Las Vegas for the past 15 years. What's your, what is, what's your family business? There's just a variety of consumer electronics brands. Uh, okay. We did brands like Sony, some family members were in Sony, Kobe, um, a variety of different brands. Ray J, Raytronics was the first company. What's the first product you created there? Um, it was a scooter. It's called Scooty Bikes. I had every celebrity in the world pretty much on the bikes. And that's kind of where I got my energy to keep going. I felt like after I sold the company, it was time for me to start focusing on a product that I think everybody could afford. Uh, we were around $1,200. And so... How did you come up with a bike? Why a bike? It was around the hoverboard time, right? And Oh, uh, Yeah. I was, I'm I'm in Miami now and I'm kind of, this is where I came up with the idea, but there were these scooters, these electric bikes, and there was a a few different style of bikes and um, they just caught my eye. I felt like I showed them to a few of my celebrity friends and they were like, what the hell is this? And they all started calling me. They all started posting. I never asked them to post anything. I got a rush. I started to feel like this could be, you know, this could be my thing. I felt like a young Michael Jordan, per se, with them, with my logo on the bikes. And um, I just, I really got a rush. So I started to put all my time, all my money, everything into into that brand. And then it went to a level where I felt like it was time to move on. Lyft was out, Bird was out. Um, The competitors was, it was, it was, it was overwhelming at the time. So I felt like it was good to let it go. And it was good to now start focusing on products that I felt like were more affordable and I could tap into the to the culture just in a bigger way globally. And so you sold the company to Loop Share. I read in Black Enterprise magazine you sold it for $34 million and 18 million common shares. Does that sound right? Yeah, a little bit around that. Yeah. Overall profitable for you? It was overall profitable. It was it was hard to let go because I felt like that was my baby, but I felt like it was it was the right time. I learned a lot just by all the kind of mistakes that I made, just going through the business and getting too many retail stores at one time and so on and so forth. Just learning from the mistakes helped me understand to listen more. So I just started to back up from that business. And then we focused on Raycon. Would you tell me about one mistake, one mistake that you had that you learned from? I had five retail stores, five retail stores. I only needed one. I have one in San Diego. I have one in Miami. I have one in Santa Barbara. I have one in New York and Hoboken. Uh-huh. It's moving way too fast. And I wasn't listening to anybody who was trying to help me at the time. I felt like I knew everything. What were they saying that you wish you'd listened to in the past? I wish I listened to some of my close family members, like my mom. <laughs> my mom saw me kind of 
uh, getting too excited and just feeling the rush of success and something that, that was very unfamiliar at the time. You know, listening to Ray Lee and his family and, and, and them telling me about uh, products that were at a better price and that were more affordable. And I think $1,200 was a little bit out of my range at the time. Just all of those things helped me kind of like just reset, rebrand and start all over again. And now now I listen more. Now I'm, I'm 10 times more focused on team and execution. And so I think it was a good ride for me to, to start with that and then mm -hmm. end up where we are today with Raycon. I get why you would have wanted retail stores. That bike looked striking. It had a look that was different from other bikes, right? And so I yeah. imagine it was the same Apple experience. Like we could tell you this is better, but until you touch the computer, until you see the bike, you won't get why it's different and why it's worth what it is. And it was a part of the green initiative as well. So that was really big, yeah. you know, the, the, the whole message behind it. It was strong, man. And it was, it was, it was, a, it was a great run for me. What are some of the products that you were kicking around when the two of you were starting to think about a partnership? We started on, we started with like smartwatches. We started with speakers. We started with different kind of lights, uh, chargers. Uh, we started with 13 SKUs. Uh, oh, so 13 started. different experiments, essentially. Yeah, and, so and that's what we started Raycon. And, 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 you know, they were, they were out and on the market. And um, everybody gravitated to the earbuds. And this is before earbuds mm -hmm. started booming. Um, and, I, and that's what we kind of knew uh, where our focus should be. And so we kind of moved everything out of the way and we just became a straight earbud company. Let me ask you this, Ray J, that a lot of, there was a lot of speculation online that maybe you'd gone out and bought an existing product and put your logo on it. Is that the way the first SKUs, the first products came out where you said, I'm going to find the best of these lights, the best of these smartwatches, I'll brand them myself and then see what hits? Well, it was, it was, Kind of like that, but it was more so on how do we find quality products? How do we find products that were, were, were in demand, but that had really good quality? And which 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 skew are we going to focus on, right? So okay. it was it was kind of like a trial run. Okay. And once we found once we found our our product that we felt could really be successful and that was still unique and that really wasn't extremely extremely popular in the market yet that's when we said let's become an earbud company and then okay. we started to just master our earbuds to make them better and better and better but the first ones weren't manufactured just for you am i right where they it seems like you bought something that already existed you added the brand name to it right and then you started tweaking the design ray it looks oh, like yeah. you're leaning forward to say something about it what do you what was it yeah well, we had a we had a close relationship with a lot of, uh, of our vendors too um, so we did take, uh, some of the, the models, but we of course like made it, uh, you know, custom to our own. Uh, so I think there was just like a lot of various things, you know, upgrading the components. Um, I think getting like the design, um, even, even of us. the dozen or so different products that you came out with at first, you were adjusting the components on those two. Yeah. Uh, across okay. the board, actually, just cause we knew, um, you know, just, you know, if you just go out with a generic product, um, you know, okay. Pretty much gonna gonna fail. Uh, so we definitely made like tweaks to it um, and and uh, customize things as well. Uh, and then across the board, I think Ray was mentioning we did kind of took like a shotgun approach. We launched with like all the categories that you could imagine: um, smartwatches, uh, drones, speakers, everything. Um, and then we really found that hit category, uh, which was the wireless earbuds. Um, it just had like explosive explosive Kager. Um, and uh, the, the market was just, you know, it was just moving really, really rapidly. 
Um, but yeah, in the out. beginning, we did always, I, I think like we always want to, uh, you know, our, our mantra is like designed for the customer. Um, so we never want to just produce products that, uh, you know, are just generic or anything like that. We definitely put a lot of thought behind okay. um, how the customer uses it. How did you market all these different products when you were just getting started? I'll let Ray take that um, marketing group. Well, I used I used the Ray J sauce. You know, I um I reached out to all of my friends, all of my celebrity friends, um, and also all of the channels I have throughout television and music. And you know, I asked for favors and really gave them the product, and you know, wanted their criticism and 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 you know, their opinion on the products. And so, you know, I flooded it with, you know, celebrities and with close friends of mine and really people that could really tell me if it was good, if it wasn't good, because I know if it wasn't good, they wouldn't have said anything online about it. They would have said, Ray, you got to come better. So, you know, for me, I think our marketing skills uh, really led us to a certain point to where we then got a great CMO who really took us to the next level. Um, and so I think creating the buzz is what I'm really good at and having the right infrastructure around the buzz, around, you know, the whole industry of mine and the entertainment industry or be it the sports industry talking about this product, you know, now we have to back it up with the good product and also with good customer service. How, how systemized are you about promoting it or getting celebrities that you know to try it out, to talk about it, to give you feedback? Is it more like, I'm just going to go through my phone and I'll find the people who it makes sense to, to ask? Or are you like a CRM type of person, have to have it all written down somewhere and follow a, a process? Well, I think my, my team does that for sure. For me, it's, it's my Rolodex. It's my relationships. I think okay. with the infrastructure that we have now, we, we kind of jot it down and we kind of put a list together. And um, we kind of put it put it in the system. But I think starting out, you know, when I first started, it was just a lot of phone calls, a lot of, you know, just hard nights driving and delivering the product and hopefully they'll show up and things like that um, just to build it. But now we have a good system in play. Now there's a team that does this, but at first it was yeah. you personally driving over to your friend, showing it over. Yeah, I had to, I had the van. I used to drive my own van. I, uh -huh. I literally did. And I felt good about it because I felt like them seeing me drive the 16 passenger van shows them that I'm really dedicated to my to my company. And so I didn't have no shame, you know, and it went from that to, you know, to now having Raycon and now having Ray Lee and everybody on me about budget spending, about, you know, uh, just, you know, yearly planning and so on and so forth. So it's just a whole new world now. Um, and I think I see the numbers are, are totally different. And how we're moving up every year. Um, it's just, it's been a good ride, man. And I'm still here to learn. I'm still here to, 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 to listen, you know? I see now on the site, you've got celebrity sightings, everyone from Mike Tyson to Melissa Etheridge to so many other celebrities on the site. You pay them to, to promote, you pay them to be a part of the site. Those are my friends. So Mike, I just got off the phone with Mike today, you know? Okay. So th these are, these are people that I know. Um, these are people that I support. Uh, and so for me, I, I, it, it's hard for me to go out and ask somebody to do something for me and give them some money because usually I already have a lot of money. Mm. Um, so from my end, from the strategic marketing side, it's a lot of strong relationships. I think from the, the acquisition side, they have so many different ways they market inside of the team. 
Um, so that's a that's a sauce that I really can't speak on, but I know from the strategic side, what I do is magical. You like selling. You like promoting. I love it. It's you what do. I do. How, what makes you so good at it? And why do you like it? I have fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's exciting. I just, I, you know, when you're out buying something, usually you, you're not in a good mood, right? Uh-huh. And then you have Ray J. I want to put you in a good mood. I want you to smile. I want you to feel good about the experience of you purchasing something or going out and spending your money. So I think just the, the excitement, the, the, the love I have for it, it, you know, it's a brand new market. It's totally different from, from entertainment and television and, and it's fresh. And so I feel, I feel like it's a world that, that, that's just so unfamiliar to, to the regular people I work with. And so for me to start first and then to bring everybody in later, um, to me, it it could, it could, it could, it could be really extremely profitable. It could be successful. It could be game changing. Do you have an example of a celebrity friend who you went to and said, here, these are my earbuds or here, this is my, my smartwatch. And you presented it in a way that was especially exciting. Uh, from Snoop to uh, Diddy. I, mean, I remember I showed Diddy the bikes at Snoop's house and he said, uh-huh. what are those? And I said, uh, these are, this is the new wave. And then I came back later with the earbuds. And when I showed him the Raycon earbuds, I went and customized all the boxes for them just, just out of love to show them how fast I could move. And, um, what do you mean customize it for them? Um, they, it took me literally six hours to customize the boxes. And then I ran to the houses and I waited outside. And when they showed up, I had all the customized Raycon boxes with the earbuds and, um, and, and that got them going. They opened what them made up. It so custom? Yeah, I just, I just customized the box. You put I the name on it. Yeah. I just put them. I just put P Diddy Raycon earbuds yeah. and I put the bad boy sign on the box. I put the <laughs> bad boy sticker on the earbud. Right. Um, which is his company. And yep. so from there, they felt like, you know, I put more time into it. It wasn't just, you know, a, a quick splash. And so from there, they, they, um, they supported and they listened to the earbuds and they critiqued them and they told me what could be better. And um, I went back to the team and we upgraded. So these are my little experiences that we do on a day to day, but um, it does help when you have people like that, you know, giving you their opinion and their support. What about all these tech reviewers? Who's going after them? How are you guys reaching them? Ray Lee. That's you, Ray. Ray Lee. How are you doing that? Yeah, for tech reviewers, uh, we, you know, we have obviously a lot of, um, you know, we work with a lot of influencers. Um, I think today's like an influencer age. So um, with tech influencers, we typically tend to like check in with them um, every every quarter or so. Um, and I think what's really useful about it, you know, I, I think we're very, um, you know, I think we have a good uh, combination of humility and, and ambition. Um, and I think it really grounds us. So when we go through a lot of these reviews, we actually also utilize that in our product development. Um, so both, I think the YouTube, uh, the reviews that we get from uh, tech uh, editorial, um, tech editors or uh, YouTube uh, tech reviewers, um, we literally listen to every single one, our team. team. Um, we go through all of our NPS and our, and our customer reviews, and we literally pinpoint, okay, these are the trends that you know, customers are actually, um, you know, having issues with, and we incorporate directly into our product development. Uh, so yeah, we actually view them more, not just as, okay, can we fake a good review or let's try to avoid bad reviews. We actually just incorporate them into our product development um, and use them as partners for, for our business. 
I saw one. I saw Mark Mike O'Brien. I think he said these aren't waterproof enough. And then there's an update afterwards says actually they do have water resistance. And it seemed like somebody had gotten to him and said, yes, we see your problem. We've got it. Well, I think that's one of the things that we found that was really interesting. And when we chat with, you know, reviewers um, like, like Mike, um, they actually like a big electronics brands, they don't reach out to them. They don't, they don't have conversations. Uh, we actually like follow up with them. Um, we say, thanks for the feedback. Um, and afterwards we actually, whenever we launch new products, we send it to them again. Um, and then we ask them, Hey, what, what's, you know, what's your feedback? No pressure on any reviews or anything like that. We actually genuinely just care. Like, did we get it right this time? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's some of the, you know, some of the differences between us uh, and like the other brands out there. All right. I told you before that my sponsor is Rippling. I want to do my ad for Rippling real quick. And then I'd love Ray J and I'd love Ray Lee. If you guys gave me like feedback from marketers point of view, here's Andrew where you didn't nail it. Here's where you could have done better. Okay. I don't need the pat on the back. (laughs) All right. Here it is. Rippling is a way to pay your people, right? Full-time employees, contractors, people outside the country. They make it super easy, but here's what I love about them. You know, you onboard a new customer, a new employee on your team. You got to get paperwork to them to sign. It's a pain in the butt. Rippling does it right there. Just digitally sign. You want to give them an email address at your company, right? Which What's your domain right now? What's the email address domain, Rayleigh? What's the uh, website? RayconGlobal.com. Raycon Global. So imagine it's like you hire Andrew. You need Andrew at RayconGlobal.com, right? It's a pain to go set up. It's a pain to add me to Slack. Well, with Rippling, just hit one button and then you add me to email. You add me to the right Slack channels. And if I'm a nudnik and you want to get rid of me, right? Say, Andrew, here's all the paperwork to leave. We make sure you get paid because Rippling's paid you all along. And you hit a button and you take me off of your email system and off of your Slack. And there's no fear that Andrew's going to be messing around in your system. So easy on board, great to pay people, and then easy offboarding. Anyone who wants to go try it should go to rippling.com slash Mixergy, R-I-P-P-L-I-N-G.com slash Mixergy. They'll walk you through how great this software is. All right. I see Ray J. He's like leaning back at times. You thought, Rippling. oh, maybe, maybe not. Tell me. What's your feedback no. on how could I do better? So Rippling, it's it it allows you to invoice people. Uh, pay people. your employees and your contractors. Yep. Okay. Pay your employees, your contractors, and add you on to different emails as far as it's becoming a part of the company. Yep. Okay. So it's a one-stop shop for, for business. For all of your employees, make sure you onboard them right, get them the software that you have access to, pay them, and then if you need to let them go, easily revoke all those uh, apps that they don't want, they shouldn't have access to. Got it. So what I'm hearing you say is maybe I could have been clearer about what it is, and maybe I should have used a story about a specific person. What do you think? That's what I'm saying. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just a a little bit more information on it. I got it, though, now. And I almost got it before. But the way you presented it still made me, you know, have some interest in going to the site. So you you did well. I like that Rayleigh's enjoying, like, getting me secured. You like this part, huh? 8.7. 8.7. 8. Point, uh, all right. I appreciate it. I'll take it. How deep into the business are you right now, Ray J? Are you just into the marketing of the business? Or are you walking around and getting income statements on a monthly basis? Are you making sure that Ray Lee is not ripping things off? Because he looks like a smart guy. No, Ray Lee is great. Um, you know, I'm 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 full time. I mean, we we have our leadership calls every Tuesday. Um, we are we're now set up in Miami. So, you know, we have the Miami headquarters. And I'm out here running that from the strategic side. 
um, again, you know, before um, I was extremely hands on. Now with Raycon, we have the infrastructure to take care of most of the things that need to be done and experts that do that. So we have our CEO, our CFO, our COO, our CMO. And for me, I'm the CSO, which is the strategic officer. Mm. And, um, and, you know, strategically, I just, I have, I have my own mindset, my own way of doing things. And so I'm happy that the team lets me have my freedom to create and to, and to do things. So for us, it's a full team unit, but I'm hands-on as well. What's this, yeah. what's the strategy here? How do you go to the next product? How do you guys become a multi-billion dollar business? Yeah, I think, um, I think we see a lot of blue ocean. Um, you know, we think like the growth is just, uh, is tremendous. Uh, we see uh, international as a really big area for us to, uh, to excel in. Um, electronics is just like a great, uh, a great category for um, international e-commerce. Uh, so that's where we're uh, really racing towards. Uh, we haven't touched retail shelves yet. So we've been 100% online. Um, and I think that's something that some, uh, surprises people that we were able to grow this much. Um, and we haven't been able, uh, and we haven't, um, you know, uh, been on a retail sh uh, store shelf. So uh, I think those two uh, things are probably like big channels for us. Um, and then product categories, we are in earbuds um, and, uh, and headphones. Uh, but of course, there's a lot of different audio applications. Um, and then past audio, uh, you know, there's tons of categories that we can expand to. Um, but I think like overarching all of that, it's that, again, that focus on, on customer um, and then just making sure that we scale um, practically as well. Uh, so I think with those two things, um, we, you know, we want to grow this business as big as so possible. So you're thinking first retail stores, just get into the physical stores, which nobody's going into now anyway, but you want to get into them when they do uh, become more popular and go international before you think about what other products you could create, before you think about how we go beyond the earbuds and earphones? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we want to, I think right now we're just, uh, you know, crafting the, the earbuds to, to perfection. Um, and then we're also creating that robust infrastructure to really scale, kind of like what Ray was saying. Um, and then we're, you know, then we're going to plan on, um, you know, going to more products and categories. Why the runner belt on your site? I see earbuds, I see wires for it, and then a runner's belt. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I think one thing that's interesting about our product development um, and what we see in consumer electronics is that when manufacturers create products, they usually just create obscure like models and you know um, products that kind of are made for everybody. Um, and I think for us, how we saw it differently is that you know, at the end of the day, these end customers actually use these products and they use them typically for different things. Um, so, you know, we have the everyday earbuds. Uh, that's really just for everyday, um, everyday use, listening to audio, on the go, commute. Um, but then you also have the performer earbuds, which is for fitness. I think a lot of people, especially nowadays, uh, they're, um, you know, they're working out from home, they're going out for runs. So we actually develop products uh, around that single use case. Um, of you know, of customers eventually using these for uh, for sports and fitness. Um, and that's where the runner's belt came out. Um, and you know, that idea came out is like, okay, if these customers are going to be using it for fitness, um, a great accessory is you don't want that earbud uh, going out in your you know flopping around in your shorts everywhere as you're running. Uh, so that's why we came up with the the, the runner's belt. Um, just an everyday you know really useful thing that 
like ordinary people will actually use. Uh, so yeah, that's how we approached it. Do you ever feel a little bit inadequate next to Ray J? Like you look at him, look at look at how he looks, look at his background. Stop. Stop. Do you ever feel like, man, I got it, I got to get this to multi-billion-dollar status, and then he's gonna show me how to, I don't know, get dressed, Stop. put an earring in. <laughs> We got on the same clothes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Ray, I think the first met, um, you know, I I was just really impressed by how much Ray actually knew about consumer electronics. You know, he wasn't just like um, a celebrity that was trying to make a quick buck or anything like that. He was mm -hmm. telling me, hey, have, what do you think about this manufacturer that I met in China last year? Or this model, this model number um, of, you know, an obscure model number, only people in the industry knew. Um, so I think that showed me that, wow, Ray's actually really passionate about electronics. He actually puts his time in. Um, and I, I think that's what really um, inspired us in the beginning. So it wasn't anything like, oh, like, you know, of course, like we're practical about the business and revenue and supporting all of our, our coworkers as well. But uh, what really tied it together was just like that passion and that really that spark that was like, okay, we're going to come in and we're going to make an upgrade electronics brand. Ray J, were, Thanks, you, man. were you entrepreneurial Thanks. like that as a kid? Um, I've always been since since I've been running my own record label and putting out my own music because it's, you know, it's not it's not easy, you know, uh, making hit records and you get a lot of no's and a lot of no's and a lot of I don't like it. And I think now that fuels me to like really not prove to them, but when I know something's good, just just prove it to the world that this is what it is and this is great stuff. So I just I took all of that and just and just multiplied it into the tech business. And um, and I understand now that the team matters the most, though. So I can market. I can I can make it super loud. I can I can have everybody talking about it. But without the team being able to take that and make that a business and put the right infrastructure behind that, then it, it would never be anything. So um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that that the team is strong and that we're moving like we're moving. How'd you do that in the record label? You know, it was six or seven, eight months of just going around to each city, really talking to all of the program directors, all of the musical directors and the DJs and spending time with them every day in each city. Um, and then they started to play the song. And then I got a lot of call outs and a lot of people calling to request the song. But it took me to spend time with with everybody in each city and build with them and let them know how passionate I am about my music for them to take it serious. And once they did. Uh, the world then started to gravitate to the music. And so um, I think that that same drive in technology with the right team, um, it creates magic. And, and and we're creating it now. We're humble. We got a long way to go. Um, and we're learning along the way. But I think that we're we're in we're in pretty good shape. You know, God but, is good. But you're saying you went like a door-to-door -door salesman almost. Here is the music. Yeah. What yeah. What was what were you doing to get people? What was the the personalization touch that you added at that point in your life? Just spending time, you know, really not even talking about the music, you know, really just spending time with them and just vibing and talking about, you know, other things and going out to dinner or we went out to play basketball or we went to an event they wanted me to go to or a party to just show up and just show love. You know, it was just so many different random things in different cities, but it all counted, you know, and they're still friends of mine now and I can call on them. Um, and, and then they can call on me. And so it's just really building those relationships and really letting people know that, you know, you care about not just the music, but the people that's, that's, that's selling the music, the people that's buying the music. Um, it all goes hand in hand. And, um, and if people know me out there, 
they know if 10 or 12 or 20 people want to take a picture with me, I'll take a picture with everybody, you know, and, and, and I bond with the people because I feel like I'm, I'm with the people. So with that, with that energy and with great product, you know, um, you know, magic can happen. Why, why are you doing this? Like I saw even before we got started, I think you and I were the first ones to connect here on zoom. Rayleigh, what yeah. happened? Took you a little while, but uh, all kidding aside, Reggie was like incredibly nice and welcoming. I talked to him about my sponsors. Yeah, very encouraging. Go ahead. You got to hit the business numbers, right? I wonder why you're still doing it at this point. You have your TV shows. You have your music. You have everything working out. Why do you, what's the drive? What is it that makes you say, I have to do this. I have to deal with Andrew and his, and his goofy humor. I have to get on this Zoom. I have to do the next thing and take photos. Why? Why are you doing it? You know, there, there's always the next level, you know, and I think that we're we're so young in this business and I think there's so much more to do. There's so much more to learn. There's so much more to, to more, just so many more people to meet. Um, and I think us bridging the gap between entertainment, music, technology and bridging it, you know, globally. I think we can be one of the forces to do that. Um, and because to you just love the listen. challenge because you say, I think I could do this. I want to see how big I can make this. I think we can. Is that what it is? I think we can be number one. I think we can be great. I think all people can be great. I think we can all be great together. I think we'll all make mistakes. We'll all learn from them. But with unity and with with, with great product and being honest and transparent every day, I think we all can do it together. And, I, um, and you know, I just want to be a force in that world. How do you get that kind of confidence? Where does that where does your confidence come from? It's just part of you. You know, it's just it's just, it, you know, it's I think it's just from me being, you know, being told no a lot and being told that I couldn't do a lot of things and then overcoming those no's really help help it really helps me understand that it is about the 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 people it is about the consumer because once they gravitate to something then nobody can stop it right what's the biggest no that you overcame that in the back of your head now when something goes wrong you I overcame that no I could do this one I mean the whole tech business you know people laughed at me when I started and when I had you know, uh, when I had bikes and smart watches and stuff, they were laughing, saying, oh, I see you on your little scooter. Oh, I see you with your little watches. Ha ha. You know what I mean? But for me, I felt like that was something that was needed, even with the earbuds. It was kind of like, yo, I got the new earbuds. And it's like, what are those things? And, you know, they had all of, all of these different things to say about why it wouldn't work. But I just know in my heart when something is great and I know that when the team feels the same way and when we push it and when we stay up late nights and when we wake up and when we're on time and when we're sticking to the plan yeah. and executing, things can happen. And I think the earbud business is booming. Everybody wants some earbuds, right? And so be, now we're on to something again and God is yeah. good. Be, be vulnerable with me though. When they were saying, hey, this is, this is a guy who thinks he's going to be in the electronic space. It, he's no Steve Jobs. Was there a time when you said, maybe this is a mistake? Why don't I just stick to what I'm good at? Yeah, it was times where I felt like, you know, I was I was all alone and I didn't have I didn't have the right team and I was going broke. You know, I was spending all my money on products and it was getting it was becoming too expensive for me because I was giving a lot of them out and I was giving them away because it yeah. was a lot of times where I needed to gift people things so they can show me love at the same time. And it got tough, man. And and right before, you know, Ray and I started to talk, I felt like it was I was just going to like move on because I was over. It was I was way over my head. I mean, the, just even the wholesale prices for me were way too much for me by myself. And so 
talking to Ray and talking to the team and to the new team. And they were telling me, you don't have to go that big and you don't have to have that kind of product. These are the things you should be focusing on. And with the right team around you, with what you can do from the marketing side, we can win. You just got to start over and you got to listen to us. And so um, that's when I kind of just backtracked and started over. But I was a time where I almost went broke. I almost didn't have any money. How close did um, you go to being broke? I mean, literally like maybe $50,000 in my account. You know, I mean, um, and, and that and that's, you know, with me having to pay bills and survive and now having to do another show and waiting for my new show to come out. But um, everything started to turn around when I started to find the right product and I started to to listen to my team that I have now. Um, and, and we're doing well, man. And every day, whenever I get that drive to write, really get excited, I always pull back a little bit and go just humble yourself and take your time and just listen to the team. What's the percentage ownership of the business? Do you have half of it? We're 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 three yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we have a few a uh, few partners, but don't know if we can disclose that. Um, I okay. think our uh, CFO will probably <laughs> kill us. Is Cowboy so. Wholesale a partner in the business? Is that connected? Uh, so Cowboy Wholesale was a they're a wholesale distributor um, in New York. Um, they had help uh, initially with vendor financing, uh, but in the end, you know, with all of on earbuds we didn't end up leveraging that um, as much so no they're, they're not a partner anymore but they're still a you know great company mm -hmm. and um they were they were we had, we had worked with them like for a brief period of time could you do some visioning with me what do you see the world going in in electronics what are you seeing that we will live through in say five ten years that you will be a part of where do you see us as consumers Either of you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to, you know, I think now everything's getting, I mean, maybe Ray's going to probably add um, to things, but on the tech side of things, um, I think like obviously like AI is just becoming a huge thing. Um, I think we're just seeing a lot of the hardware, software converge. Um, and I think AI is just going to be a natural um, extension of that as well. Um, so in my time, like, you know, in our time, um, I think we will see a lot of that uh, come to fruition. Um, and I think it's going to accelerate actually. Um, I think another part is um, not only just like technology developing really fast, uh, but I think just that um, that chasm between culture and tech uh, just kind of coming like closer and closer together mm -hmm. to you. I think electronics, you know, when you think about um, everybody that's growing up, um, that's, you know, even like five, six years old, they're living on their, uh, their smartphones. So it's just going to become deeply embedded in our culture. And I think Ray probably has tons of ideas because he lives in that world that intersection of tech, business, and culture. Um, so yeah, Ray, I don't, I don't know if you have any other No, I agree. No, I agree. AI, man. AI, I think, you know, for pushing the green initiative even stronger, just, you know, globally, just, you know, for the world, um, creating carbon offsets for everybody so they can, you know, document it on how good we're doing to save the world um, and digitally just going into like something that we might not even imagine where we're all, you know, digitally doing things. I, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a weirdo sometimes with the tech, but I definitely see AI taking control, you know? What do you, what, when you say that, you mean in the earbuds, like a, a personal assistant? That's we, what you're we've thinking. We've talked about it. Yep. We have talked about <laughs> I see it. The eyes might something soon, Andrew. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think music and tech as well, you know, I, I think raise yeah. some of the, like the best conversations that we have is also just talking about, those different worlds colliding. Um, and it's just like, okay, this tech world and, and the music world, um, and then other, you know, like the influencer world and all of those uh, kind of coming uh, 
um, to, to, to place together. Yeah. And intersecting, we, we just feel like that's also um, something that's just happening um, just as, just as uh, overall trends. Yeah. I remember there was a period where everyone in tech wanted to be a rock star developer, rock star engineer, rock star, this rock star, that. And then I suddenly saw a picture of Snoop Dogg, Snoop, standing next to Larry and Sergey from Google, and he's dressed in a tie and like a V-neck sweater, obviously enjoying the look, but he's like, he sees that's the future. He's, Get him, right? That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Snoop always has his hand on the future, you know, and, and um, you know, that's my cousin, man. You know, Were you guys close growing up? Yeah, man, yeah. We were very, very close. Um, You know, Brandy and Snoop, we're in two different worlds though. You know, Snoop was, you know, super, you know, hip hop and Brandy was super R and B. So mm -hmm. they didn't, they didn't, uh, I guess their images didn't go together at the time. But for me, I was always sneaking out, hanging out with Snoop and, and, and dads and, and things like that. And, and what did you do as a kid with him? We used to go out with my cousins. We used we to just... go to, well, we used to go to the studio every day. So they used to come pick me up uh, in a, like a, a 94 Cherokee Jeep. Um, and I used to jump in the back and, and hide behind, you know, the seat. And we used to drive by my dad's house and we used to go to the studio every day. Um, and then my dad and them found out later, but that's a whole nother story. But yeah, but great minds think alike, man. All right. Ray J, Ray Lee, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I think people can go to your website and buy Raycon. I think the maybe the better thing for them to do is to just go on YouTube and watch these, these videos of people just saying, I don't think it's going to work. Let me see how good it is. And then being blown away. That reaction has just been amazing to watch. Don't you feel great about that? Yeah, I feel good. I think that's, that's like my day-to-day -day story. You know what I mean? It's kind of like I'm really loud. And when I express myself with these ideas, they're like, dude, it's out of control. And um, when they try the product or see that what I said was real, um, the impact is strong. So we don't mind it. We don't mind it. The earbuds <laughs> are great. All right. Thank you so much for doing this interview. And I got an 8.7. I think you're being very generous with me, Ray, on my ad for Rippling. I will say, I, I would say maybe that's a 5.5. I mean, it should be even more humble. In the in the it's true not, Ray J approach, really even 8. more. 8.7. 8.7 because I got it. I got it. And you're right. you too. Don't forget that you're you. So that brings Wait till you see what 20 looks like. Okay. Just right. getting started with rippling. Listen to me, people. Whenever you want me to be a judge for anything, I'm here. <laughs> I'm like the black Simon Cow. I, I might be in love with the guy. You've got like this thing that makes people like you. Come on, man. Let's roll. Let's roll. Let's rock and roll. All right. Thank you so much for doing this interview. I hope one day to be in the back of a Jeep Cherokee hanging out, going to do something with you. And Rayleigh, hope to see you in person too. I don't know what we'll be doing. We might be going getting earrings like him. We'll look handsome. We've got it. We've got to do it. We might it. go so bungee fun. jumping with the Raycons in. No, that I can't do. But anything <laughs> else, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this interview. Thank you, everyone, for thank watching. You, Bye. Thanks, guys.